Good evening, and welcome to the Tarot to Go radio podcast. I'm Anastasia. With me tonight is Rose Red. Hello. Back from having the flu. We're so glad to see you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Artemis. Welcome. And our special guest tonight, Lon Sarver. Yay! Yeah. Hello. Delighted to have you, Lon. Thanks. Thank you. And um, got some interesting things in store tonight, but don't want to lose too much time before we chat with Lon. So, Rose, would you like to start? Oh, indeed. I brought with us the Book of Ordinary Oracles by Lon Duquette. Not to be confused with our guest. Um, <laughs> Lon Duquette uh, put out a book about everyday oracles. So basically, you can use your television, a pack of cards, or dice. Besides, of course, tarot cards. Okay, wait. The TV? Yes, you can do the TV. Okay. It's one of my favorites, actually. It's called the Couch Potato Oracle. <laughs> Basically, what you do is you have to know where the mute on your TV is and the channel changer. You close your eyes, make sure the TV is on mute. Then you push the channel and then unmute it, keeping your eyes closed. And listen for the first sentence that you hear and then mute it again. And, you know, think about it. Because you've thought of your question, this may actually answer it one and directly. So let me tell you what it says for that one specifically, because it was just funny. Okay, wait, but so so this presumes, th this could not have happened in the time before TVs had remotes. No, that's sort why of. it's... Well, I, I guess you could like close your eyes and sit in front and, of the TV and turn on the volume and close your eyes and change you the channel. You can deal with but, the dial. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, you can do it with a book. Mm -hmm. And that's the other funny mm -hmm. thing, is the book is also its own oracle. Mm -hmm. So you Maybe can close your eyes and think of a question, flip the book, and on the side pages, it says, for example, do you want to live forever? That's the question. <laughs> um, I actually just wanted to know what the book would tell me. That's what it tells me. Do I want to live forever? Well, maybe. I guess oh, you have something I, to think about tonight. I guess I do. But it's just a cute little book with different things that you can do. And again, one of my favorites is the Couch Potato Oracle. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing that said, he asked, what can I do to make my mother feel better? The three answers were, bring something to eat, make funny faces, and it may embarrass the child, but that's okay. <laughs> All of these things are good things to do with that particular question. Sounds like it's written by Lon. It is very yeah. much written by Lon. I was going to say, and there's course, nobody else who speaks in that kind of voice. No, of course not. But it also does include his famous Mark Twain throw mm -hmm. and the little cards to go with it and oh. how to lay them out, which is kind of neat. So you've got all the answers, and you just lay them flat, roll two dice, and there you go. Great. So, and, of course, it was dedicated to Thalassa and the DOD, which is just a little kick towards us, which is kind Fabulous. of Fabulous. Yes. Yay, Thalassa. Yay, Daughters of Divination. Yes. Great. Well, thanks so much for bringing it. Have you uh, had much of a chance to work with it? Or have you experimented on any unsuspecting friends? A couple times, actually, over the phone, I was listening to them talk, flipped through the book, and went, oh, well, here's something to throw at you. And they kind of went, what? <laughs> and I went... See, you just weren't expecting that, were you? Now you got something to think about. And of course, I get feedback later on going, that really worked. You're well, I welcome. Think that, I think that qualifies as reading then. Well, don't tell them that. Because those people don't always accept the, oh, you read? What is that? Oh, you become a phone psychic. So, oh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. So we don't tell them that part. Because you don't have to get you an 800 number. And no, thank you. Oh, come on. Not today. It would be not entertaining. It could be very entertaining. This is very true. No, not today. Your day job might not prove. No. No. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Great. But I can see you've got something laid out in front uh, of you. Yes, this, this is um, fairly recent. It's the Tarot of Klimt. Oh. Uh, excuse me, the Golden Tarot of Klimt um, from our friends at Los Scarabeo. Oh, how nice. Um, another fabulous, well done. European tarot. Um, anybody who's listened to this show more than about three minutes knows that I'm very partial to the Scarabeo decks. 
Oh yes. And despite, she loves that gold flake. Well, it's not just the gold flake. It's it's the multilingual approach, and it's the fact that they make a lot of decks that, if they weren't making them, simply wouldn't exist. They've been doing a lot of um, creative art decks, mm -hmm. and this is the latest in their series. Um, it's done by, and I'll try to get this guy's name right this time, Atanas A. Atanasov, who is also one of the people who did the Da Vinci Tarot, which oh. I raved about yeah. a few podcasts ago. Indeed. And um, as you might suspect from the name, the artwork is all based on Klimt's drawings and paintings. Um, Los Garabeo has also taken the step that it's actually gilded. There's gorgeous gold leaf on every single one. It's beautiful. Which actually fits clipped very well. Yes. It does. It's beautiful. It's very reflective. And um, it's wonderful to read with because it's so visually stunning. Um, I wouldn't use it for somebody's very first tarot reading uh, because they're going to get so distracted by the images that they're not going to be paying much attention. Uh, but for people who are familiar with tarot, I've found that it's had very good results. It's also lovely to read with by candlelight oh, because of all the gold, gold leaf reflects beautifully. I can imagine that you might. Um, it's actually, it's funny, this, this came just as I was leaving for the Los Angeles Tarot Symposium last fall. And so it just stuffed it in my tote bag and my husband was driving down to LA and I was sitting in the car playing with it most of the trip down. And it's like, don't drop anything, don't drop anything, I'll never find it in the car again. Um, and it comes, if you buy the deluxe edition, it comes with its own yellow silk bag with another Ooh. fabulous illustration on the front, oh, it is gorgeous. nice and bordered, um, very swell, and that's the deluxe edition. So it's the Tarot of Klimt, and I adore this tarot, um, in a different way than I adore the Da Vinci Tarot. Indeed. Well, <laughs> it's a whole it? different set of artwork, I mean, come on. What price range is it running in? You know, that's a good question. Um, I received it as a gift, so I don't know. Oh, it says on, on the box, it says $29.95 U.S., $36.95 Canada. Okay, okay. Um, well, there you go. Definitely affordable. Yes, Very and affordable. it's available through our friends at Llewellyn, Llewellyn.com, or your local independent bookstore, which we always like to encourage. Indeed we do. Have you had an opportunity to read with yes. this day? Yes, and it reads very well. Um, the images, because they are so striking, um, particularly for people who aren't who are familiar with tarot, mm -hmm. and they have this you know, rider weight image stuck in their head, and then suddenly they see this Klimt version, and they get a whole new perspective, and it's it's, it's very interesting, very helpful. I've often found the the art decks to be hard to read with, because while many of them are beautiful to look at, it is obvious that all too often the artists who put them together didn't know tarot very well. Yes and figured, oh, it's the tower. Well, i got to have this tall thingy in it, and otherwise we can do whatever we want with it. <laughs> and I read intuitively with my eyes a lot, mm -hmm. so I'm looking at the pictures in the images. So what's the little dog in the corner d actually doing? What does that mean in the context of this question? Right. And if the image is just wrong for the card it's on, mm -hmm. right, I will either be thrown by it in the sense of, the hell? Where did that come from? <laughs> and stop dead, or it will send me off on a complete tangent. Mm -hmm. But generally, does that tangent sometimes bring you back to the question, or does it give the other person more to think about? The tangent sometimes goes off in places that are useful for the querent. Mm -hmm. um, often it goes off in utterly useless directions that have more to do with my own opinions of art criticism and how tarot decks should be designed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But uh, sometimes those little uh, little accidental bonuses that you would not have expected come through. Those are fun ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so have you found any art decks that you do like? 
curious. Actually, there were a few. Mm -hmm. um, and okay, I'm going to count them as art decks, even right. though they weren't advertised and sold as art decks. Mm -hmm because they were done by a particular artist on a particular theme with a lot more care than often goes into your standard, oh yes, we need to reduce, produce another clone of the weight deck release. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. um, things like uh, Clive Barrett's Arthurian Tarot, his Norse Tarot, mm -hmm. that were beautiful pieces of art to look at. I think the Arthurian was a better Tarot deck. Mm -hmm. um, in that the images that were chosen for the Arthurian were very appropriate for the trumps they were chosen for if you knew the Arthurian legends backwards and forwards. And if you didn't? If you didn't, you could get lost. Ah, okay. uh, the other one I like to recommend just for its not being the standard Tarot set, but very artistically and in some cases mystically relevant, is another out-of-print deck, mm -hmm. just to frustrate the listeners. <laughs> um, R.J. Stewart's uh, Merlin Tarot. Ah, yes. Which commits one of the things that annoys me about tarot in that the minor <laughs> cards are just pictures of stuff. The yes. two of stags has two stags yeah. and a sort of pseudo-Celtic, pseudo-Pictish line art. <laughs> but the trumps and the court cards are intended as teaching tools mm -hmm. for the branch of Welsh mysticism that Stuart teaches. Mm -hmm. Using the Welsh myths of Merlin, which are distinct from the Arthurian myths of Merlin, as a base, and it does an excellent job of that, and it's one of the best tarot-as-teaching tools that I've ever run across. Mm, wow. Sounds great. And it's out of print? It is out of print. Well, the tarot garden might be able to track one yeah. down. It's one of those things that you want to check for eBay or Amazon or something, mm -hmm. because every once in a while somebody will find one in their trunk and throw it up. Right. Uh, there are stores that do carry used tarot, and you can always go there and check for them. Mm-hmm. Great, thank you. It's, um, there have been a lot of art tarots coming out the past few years, and of course, I have to check them out because, well, it's a pretty deck. And as we like to say, you can never own too many decks. There's only not enough space, never too many tarot. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly the case. So, um, and not to run off on a tangent, but uh, oh, when you raise the aspect of out of print decks, since there's so many decks that still have that flavor mm -hmm. that, that's attractive, how do you go about, I mean, you working at Ancient Ways, I'm sure you have folks that come in asking for decks that you had, expect to have, or mm -hmm. uh, own, but they're out of print, not for sale, that sort of thing. What suggestions would you give the listeners in avenues to acquire decks that uh, are no longer right. being printed? Well, for one, I no longer work at our Ancient Ways. Last week was my last week. And um, we'll talk more about that. We'll talk that more about that in a minute. Um, what I would tell people is what I just said here on the air. Um, unfortunately, Ancient Ways doesn't have the resources or contacts to go rooting through bargain bins at old used bookstores or check out people's estate sales or whatnot mm -hmm. to look for used decks on our own. So if you ask us for, for out-of-print decks, it could be forever before you hear from us. Right. Uh, but there are several uh, places in the, the East Bay where you can pick things up, like Moe's in Berkeley, okay. mm -hmm. sometimes has used decks. Uh, Sunrise in uh, North Oakland also carries used decks. We will occasionally have them, and we did get a bunch, uh, half a dozen out-of-print decks in a few weeks ago that are now mm -hmm. out on display. Mm -hmm. Ooh, 
So if this podcast gets to you before <laughs> they're all sold out and you're in the area, rush on over. He's telling you, run now. Uh, Too the late, Mer- they're mine. The Merlin deck is actually <laughs> one of the ones that we had the last time I looked, which would have been ooh. last Thursday. Ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh. And well, actually, I, I know where I'm going tomorrow. Well, no, actually, I acquired that deck. Well, how do you? At uh, <laughs> Half Off Books. Uh-huh. And it was still new, which was kind of the weird part of it. Wow. And I will guess I'll have to bring that in for review. Yes, please. Oh, Indeed. I'd love to see it. It's, I, it's a very interesting deck. I had it at one place, gave it to my sister, who was at the time very interested in tarot. Mm-hmm. When it started working too well, she freaked and burned it. <gasps> and how now I'm annoying. You could have just given it? it back. Yes. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's abominable. That's all right. That's at horrifying. At least a bit extreme. Yeah. yeah, just a little. Wow, and air pollution. Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> Who knows what they put into those eggs. <laughs> yeah, let's all talk about what's in that coating that makes the cards shiny and slick. Um, it's, on a, it's on playing cards as well, so there you go. What, <laughs> what was your premise for destroying the deck to that degree? Well, there's a long tangent I could go off on about that, but I won't. <laughs> The short um, version. The short version is I have found that a lot of people who, when they're going through, whether you want to call it a psychic or mystical awakening mm-hmm. or their first experience of, hey, this actually works. Now what do I do with it? Because the, 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 the priming they get for that. What's, in this culture, most people's first experience of the occult? Horror movies. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they come pre-programmed with all right. this, oh my gosh. Demons are going to come spitting out my ears at any minute. <laughs> you know, that has never and happened to me once. Mm. They have? It hasn't? No. no. Oh, wow. You're missing. Dickles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, maybe... I, I haven't had the experience. I'm not sure that I've missed it, though. <laughs> nah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry she had such a traumatic reaction. And it's it's all right. She, she didn't manage to dick. live and go on with her life, so... Well, that's good. That's good. But, um... But wow, that, I've never heard of anybody having quite that strong a reaction before. Uh, but don't burn a deck. A if, deck if, if you have a deck... No. Yeah. Huh? But we have to ask you, if you're listening and, and you have a deck and, and, it, and it freaks you out, don't burn it. Give it to somebody. Sell it on eBay. Do something. Sell it on <laughs> But don't eBay. burn a deck. So, okay. Now that, that we've gone out. very far afield. <laughs> um, yes, keep them in the box. And yet another good reason to hold on to your mm-hmm. box. And people laugh because I have all of the boxes from every deck I've ever bought. But so, interesting tangent on letting the demons out, though. Mm-hmm. One day somebody came into the shop mm-hmm. with a, uh, a Crowley Toth deck that they had trimmed the borders off of. <laughs> They've so, taken the Lassa's class. <laughs> now, this is before I well, this is before I'd heard the Lassa mention uh, that. Okay. But the effect of looking at the images without the gray border and the printing on it was just amazingly different. Mm-hmm. Yes. The colors seem that much more vibrant for not having the grayscale next to mm-hmm. them. And there was actually a feeling of, not that I'm taking this literally, but there was actually a feeling of something in the cards reaching out to each other and mm-hmm. blending better when they were laying next to each other without the borders in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the meshing you know, of the colors. Yeah, yes. cause, yeah. Well, because the way I kind of see it is the borders sort of contain mm-hmm. the energy of the card. And yeah. if you cut off the border, that energy is no longer contained and it can go out and, as you said, merge and mesh mm-hmm. with the other cards or sneak out and go dancing without you while you're asleep. Or as long as they don't run up the credit cards, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, can they clean my house? Am no, I asking too oh, much? 
Uh, anyway, um, but no, it, it, it's but with any deck when you cut off the border, it really does change it. But with the Crowley deck, especially, they become so vivid mm-hmm. and so much more. What's the word I'm looking for here? Powerful is what striking. I would think. Thank the you. images are more striking. They're very striking. Yes, it, it just it, it mm. just draws you in more. I you, think you you get a really intense feeling for oh so this is what Uncle Al had in mind. Okay. And I think it speaks to that issue that uh, Lon was talking about in reference to picking up the images intuitively. Mm. If you don't have the borders kind of zoning you in, you can search the card for whatever appeals to you at that Mm -hmm. time. And also depending on how the layouts go, you can see sometimes the cards almost merge into Mm -hmm. each other or form a new design. It's like, wow, that's really quite something else. It's one of the reasons why I never well, unless specifically requested to do so, use the Toth deck to read for people at mm-hmm. Ancient Ways. Mm-hmm. Because I would get lost in it and go, oh, wow, I never noticed a little fish standing behind the guy there. <laughs> and this is a card about, you know, it's loaded with Pisces. And at this point, the Quarant's eyes would glaze over, and a few minutes later, he's like, what's that got to do with my boyfriend? <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> Well, that's He's a necessi- Pisces. That's what it was. <laughs> but that's not He's necessarily a, a bad thing. No. I mean, that that's part of the uh, uh, exploration of the deck each time you open it up, no matter which deck it is. Well, that comes to the, the difference between reading professionally, selling your skills to give advice with the tarot, versus reading for your own enlightenment and edification. Because somebody, you know, I used to charge a dollar a minute, and somebody would come in paying me a dollar a minute to ask whether or not their boyfriend was cheating on them, wanted an answer and didn't want to spend 30 bucks to hear yes or no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's a certain efficiency of return there. But certainly when you're just going through trying to find your own inspiration or with someone who you're not charging, who doesn't mind going off on bizarre tangents that may pay pay out or may not pay out. Right, to allow themselves to open up to it. There's a lot in the tarot that's not there if you don't go for those tangents and those weird things in the Mm -hmm. background. But that's the difference between reading for money and reading for reading. Right. So, so now that we've kind of digressed all over the place, let's take a minute, rewind, and introduce Lon. Lon Sarver, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only. Um, Formerly, I'm going to say it, formerly the Oracle of Oakland. (laughs) Now, what are you doing? Well, uh, I did read tarot at Ancient Ways for a good six years or so. And live to tell the tale. And live to tell the tale. Um, now, I have actually left Ancient Ways to work full-time on building my practice as a psychotherapist intern. That's exciting. Yes. I am working with uh, Dossie Easton here in mm-hmm. San Francisco. Yay, Dossie. And if you want more details on what I'm up to there, I do have a website. Which okay. is? Which is www.lonsarver.com. That's L-O-N-S-A-R-V-E-R, and it's Uh kind of basic right now, but it does say what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also working on helping put together Ancient Ways Festival 2007. Ooh, that's, um, is that June, July? That is June this year. It is Solstice Weekend. Oh, Oh, wonderful. We're hoping to have a solstice ritual and a lot of solar themed stuff. Mm -hmm. Location? Uh, we are at Harbin Hot Harbin. Springs this year, okay. which is north of Calistoga. It's a good couple hours north of the San Francisco Bay. Yeah, just outside of Middletown. Yeah, outside of Middletown. Outside of Middletown, down the road, up the mountain, there you are. Yeah. Okay. Over the river, through the woods. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And what else do you focus on? We're going to talk to you a lot about tarot tonight, but what are some other specialties that you have? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just a few. You don't have to give us all of them. Well, let's see. I am in no particular order after that. Therapist, tarot reader, ceremonial magician, uh, British traditional witch, uh, generic Californicated reclaiming witch. Um, <laughs> I occasionally write science fiction, horror, fantasy stuff, which I never finish, so it hasn't been published yet. Um, that pesky detail. Yeah. I uh, am active in the local poly community, and it's one of my specialties is poly relationship counseling. Well, that's um, good to know. People need mm -hmm. to know. Let's see. That's well, not all the stuff I can actually say for general audiences. Actually, no, you've got like one more thing. You're teaching a class coming up next weekend or next week on Thursday, if you mind not oh, mistaken. Oh, actually, I'm not teaching there. Oh. I'm just going to it. Ah, I see. Uh, there is at Ancient Ways, we are going with a ritual magic class where ah. we're working through... Uh, Don Michael Craig's excellent uh, Modern Magic, a mm. chapter every month or two, one <laughs> class a month, and uh, it's on Thursdays, and you can check out the, count, the, uh, the, the schedule at the store website, which mm -hmm. is Okay. for more information on stuff going on there, including Thalassa's occasional classes there. Yes. Can't recommend okay. those enough. Great. Okay. Wow. Well, it sounds like you have more than enough to keep your dance card full. Yeah. So, um, so you mentioned that you're working on building up um, your psychotherapeutic mm -hmm. internship practice. Yes. And just wondering, um, have you, do you use the tarot at all when you do counseling? Or is, are those two separate parts of your life that don't mingle very much? They haven't mingled very much. Mm -hmm. Not so much because I don't want them to, mm -hmm. but because it just hasn't been the right moment for it. Right. I would not give readings as part of a therapy session. In mm -hmm. fact, it's illegal to do so. Uh, because, That's interesting. Well, the law takes a dim view on what it considers <laughs> fortune-telling and, yes. you know, psychic BS. So <laughs> the Board of Behavioral Sciences doesn't like us to mix that kind of thing. Oh. Um, however, I have seen used tarot cards as a more uh, projective test, sort of like mm -hmm. a Rorschach blot or mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. oh, interesting. Where the, the therapist will just pick a random card, right. not even necessarily look at it mm -hmm. herself, and say, what do you see in this card? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. And then use that as a trigger for you know, whatever comes up for the client. Mm -hmm. um, that's been useful. Mm -hmm. I have actually found more the understanding of personality interactions that's encoded into the tarot informing my understanding of what's going on in the room. Uh -huh. Much more useful than actually playing with cards during the session. Yeah, well, I can see that. And the way you've described that, that doesn't cross the line? Uh, no, no. Then it's just a project, it's just another projective test. Right. Just the same as, say, you know, Taking look at this picture, picture on the wall. Magazine, what is right, this? Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the, the line basically is, if you are reading someone's future, trying to tell them what's going on based on what you've thrown out, then you're being a fortune teller. Then you have to do the for entertainment purposes only little blurb on the bottom of the screen and everything. Right. Um, and therapy's not about entertainment. No. no. And, uh, not usually. <laughs> <laughs> it can be entertaining. It can However. be entertaining. Those can be fun sessions. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, 
I shouldn't be talking that much mm-hmm. in the office. Right. The, in a therapy session, it's about the client. Mm-hmm. It's their stuff, what they want to talk about, and the more I talk, the more it's about me and the less it's about them. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I were to pull out a deck and start doing readings, that would bring the focus back on me, which is not where we want it. Right. 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 So um, I, I presume you had to go to school for years and years and years. Yes. To, to, to yes, get to the point where you can actually do an internship. They'll actually let you talk to people <laughs> now. Um, did you find as you're going through school that your psychology work was influencing how you approach tarot? Um, or yes. vice versa? It's, it's been sort of a mutual influence. The more I've played with tarot, the more insights it's given me in psychology. The more I've studied psychology, the more it's given me stuff I can use when I'm reading tarot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went for my master's work to John F. Kennedy University, mm-hmm. the, uh, the holistic study, the Graduate School of Holistic Studies Transpersonal Psychology program. I've heard very good things about that. Oh, it, it's great. It's great. Um, one of the things I will tell you is that it was the people at the California Institute of Integrative Studies mm-hmm. look at us and say, ooh, you guys are the woo-woo school, aren't you? <laughs> wow, well, that's saying a lot. Yeah. CIIS is like... Well, in um, some circles, that could be a badge of honor. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a institution that was conductive to in- including various odd things. Mm-hmm. I wrote my final uh, paper on the evocation of demons through ceremonial magic as a psychotherapeutic tool. I mean, oh, they weren't cool. that picky about those things. Uh, wow. One of my teachers... Uh, now, you have to come back some other time and talk about that paper, because that sounds really interesting. But, well, if you have to come back some other time, we'll yeah, do that. Great. One of my teachers, uh, Dave Skibbins, has actually written a book, a mystery book, called mm-hmm. uh, Eight of Swords, I believe that he was working on while he was teaching us about tarot as personality typology in a class at JFK. Wow. Oh, wow. That's, um, so yeah. I, that's great. Wow. This is a, wow. I, I don't think I've ever had any of my college professors talk to me about mm-hmm. the, the tarot as part of the subject matter. It was, it was a great school to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Though, speaking about the, the, the psychology tarot crossover, mm-hmm. you know, anybody who's read more than two books on the tarot <laughs> knows about the, the, the Jungian personality types and the court cards and all that sort right, of thing. Right. And I've actually found that not staying strict to Jung, but mm-hmm. uh, a very useful, that's key to my understanding of the court cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am very, I don't very much use the by the book. It's this is this is this means it's a young woman with blonde right. hair, right. probably right. younger than yourself, kind of thing. Well, mm-hmm. I gathered that from the intuitive example you used earlier. Right, mm-hmm. and it's much more a uh, interpreting the elements, the earth, air, fire, water aspects mm-hmm. as psychological types, as you know, projective versus receptive, outgoing right. versus introverted sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And reading the the cards as well, this one was fire of water, and as right. a personality type, this would be somebody who behaves this way. Right. These are probably the, the the buttons they react to. And mm-hmm. I've actually gotten a good deal of good reaction from doing that. Wow, that's right. It's, it's it's always interesting when one's informal education and formal education can overlap in complementary rather than competing ways. Yeah, which is not always the case. Um, God, that sounds great. So in, in terms of, of your informal tarot education, besides you know, reading books and whatever, yeah. um, doing readings and, at the store must have been an education in and of itself. Doing readings was 
in many kinds of education, not just tarot, in many kinds of things, there's the read the book, memorize the book. Now we're going to throw you in the deep end of the pool. Right. Kind of thing. And reading professionally at Ancient Ways, which was my first public reading gig, mm -hmm. was that throwing into the deep end. Right. So and did it, you read before you... I read for friends. I read as part of the, the, the pagan magical practice. Okay, so you were familiar with the tarot. It wasn't, so, yeah, it wasn't something I was new now to. Now you're hired. Here are these cards. But it was the first time I'd ever done it for random strangers. Right, right. right. Off I mean, the street. Right. People right. for whom you have and, no context. And that's been a question I've always wanted to ask. Yeah. It's kind of an inner city environment. So what type of clientele do you get just traipsing in off the street knowing where Ancient Ways is located? Well, what it taught me, what that added to my tarot education was learning how to get out of the way of the cards. Mm -hmm. Especially doing it on the clock was learning how to get my own preconceptions out of the way and just let things flow up. Mm -hmm. And I became much more intuitive in the way I read from reading professionally. Ancient Ways has a reputation of being the pagan store. Um, most of our, I'd say that two-thirds of the clientele there are actually not pagan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They are middle-aged to little old black and Latino women from the neighborhood who are coming in to get their saint medallions for the grandkids yes. and their candles to pray over and that sort of thing. And if you suggested to them that they were doing magic, they would be horribly offended and then come back next week for the same stuff. No, right. but you have a wide range of herbs and, and stuff too. Oh yeah, that there's all kinds for, of stuff. Right. The distinction between... Christianity and standard religion and magic and herbalism and all that sort of stuff gets really fuzzy mm -hmm. when you're down on the street and not in the, the crystal shops in the suburbs. Mm. It's a much more right. fluid relationship, shall we say. The, the, the people who make heavy distinctions between paganism and occult mysticism and that stuff people are doing because their grandmothers told them learned it all from the people who are doing that stuff for their right. grandmother's home, right. and they just built formal systems around it. So I'm getting a lot of people who actually believe in spirit, who believe in magic, for lack of a better term, who would never admit to believing in it if I put it to them in the same terms I use for my own practice. Mm -hmm. The sort of things where I could in some circles introduce, hi, I'm a witch who reads tarot. They'd start crossing themselves and backing away. You know, mm -hmm. If I say I'm a tarot reader and leave off the witch part, they're perfectly comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, the vast majority of the people who I read for were not quite as reactive as that. That was the, the, the outliers there, the, the, the occasional ones. But most people are just there because they need the resource. Mm -hmm. They've been trying to figure it out on their own, just in their head. They've been talking to their friends about it. And they're going, they need an extra opinion. And they'll go in and they'll ask, you know, say like, oh, I can feel that spirit is strong with you or your angels are talking to you or whatever. Mm -hmm. And however they see it works for them. I throw out the cards. I give them a reading. They're happy. They go. And we don't really actually talk much about the, the, the whys and wherefores and how I think it works. Because well, um, it's not about you. It's about yeah, them. Yeah. The, the two questions vying for the number one spot were <laughs> love and money. Mm -hmm, of course. Right. Does this person love me? Are they still going to love me? Are we going to get married? All that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And am I going to get this job? Am I going to lose this job? Is the promotion coming? That kind of thing. Those were the top. That's what you know, four out of five people came for. And I found that that's pretty much standard across for everybody I've read as well. Mm -hmm. That's what gets people through life. You've mm -hmm. got to pay your bills and you want to have somebody or at least some, one somebody, if not more, to share it with. <laughs> you know? And that's what's really important. Mm -hmm. 
in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, that was a refreshing bit of it. Yeah. Because after a while, you can get a bit tired of, yes, and what does the angel of the 13th ether have to say about <laughs> the meaning of the golden fish in the western quarter? <laughs> oh, The weird. angel of the 13th ether says, get a life! <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes you can get a little carried away with the whole right. ceremonial, symbolic, overarching theosophy seeing, of it all. Seeing real people come in, and there were a whole bunch of repeat customers who I would get to know their stories, mm-hmm. and they'd sit down across the table and say, okay, last time you were in, this was happening, right. you know, what's new? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, are they regular as in um, regularly timed? It's, you know, every three months, every six months, some were, every some other weren't. week? Uh, okay. The frequency varied depending upon how much stress they were in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were the people who could not make a move unless they consulted the cards. <laughs> yes. There were the people who came in once a month just to get an update and make sure things were going on. And there were people who were in every few months unless something strange was going on and they were in every other day. Right. Yeah. You know. Do you have other other uh, retail outlets similar to Angel Ways or other, say, slash bookstores in the Berkeley, Oakland area that provides a reading service? that people can just, you know, drop in and get? That you know of. I am not aware of anything like Ancient Ways that does that. Right, like, See, I, don't and I was not aware of that either, and that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to ask a question, because you're much closer yeah. to that scene. Now, if you want to go to the, the uh, botanicas, the candle shops, the, the santeria mm-hmm. shops, they may not do readings on the, pre- on the premises, but they know someone who they can recommend you to for it. So that makes Ancient Ways kind of a unique little outlet to provide that from a day-to-day basis. You don't have to wait for a fair Mm -hmm. or for us to book a party for you. Ancient Ways is unique in a number of ways. And anybody who's looking for a reading and just wants to drop in and get one done, Mm -hmm. go down to Ancient Ways. I'm not saying that just because the people that read there are my friends and I want to make sure they get paid. (laughs) Even though that's a nice plus. It's a nice plus, and I'm sure they appreciate that aspect of it. Of course, but... But, um, it's a no BS reading. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a, you go in, you say what your thing is, or maybe you don't say what your thing is, you're not required to. The cards come out, they give it to you as straight as you seem to be able to take it, and you leave. One of the biggest scams in the area, in any area where there are psychics who have the little neon palm in the window, yes. is the... I see that you have a dark stain in your aura, perhaps an ancient family curse, and for only $2,000 I can... There were a number of times when somebody came in for a second opinion mm-hmm. to me, and their thing was, I went to the psychic, and the psychic said this was going on. To which my immediate response was, yes, and how much were they going to charge you to take that off? Mm-hmm. And it was regularly things like, you know, $800, $900, 1000 2000 I think it's yeah. those wandering gypsies again. <laughs> it's, it's not wandering gypsies. These yeah. are people who actually have storefronts who actually advertise themselves as mm-hmm. psychics. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, the cards would come out saying, no. <laughs> oh, but it's, Sometimes see. the cards would come out saying, yes. But here, for 20 bucks, I can sell you all you need to do to take care of it for yourself. Right. Um, kind of thing. And that's why I recommend Ancient Ways, because mm-hmm. if something needs to be done, they'll teach you how to take care of yourself and sell you what you need for it at a reasonable price. So you don't have to end up spending 
$5,000 to the witch doctor in Louisiana to put the love mojo on whoever. Yeah. And well, one of the things I thought was unique about Ancient Ways, I had the opportunity to meet Glenn Turner at uh, NSF Bats uh, that was set up. She taught a class on professional reading from the storefront, and she described, before I'd even visited the store, she described the reading area how it was a space within the space, mm -hmm. and she felt that uh, the way it was set up, that once you crossed the beads, you created that environment that yeah. was in there. Um, and subsequently, I've had the opportunity to actually see the space and read a card in there myself, and it's a very enjoyable little niche. Well, for those of you who have not been able to get there or you know live on the other coast or whatever, the Ancient Waste store, there's a storefront, you go in, there's bookshelves along one side, candles and herbs along the other, and back in the corner is this little witch hut. <laughs> it's a little, it's actually got a shingled roof yes, over it, does. it. it's it got does. little <laughs> window panes on it, and a big uh, tapestry in front of the doorway. You slide the doorway up, there's yep. this you know, velvet-covered table in the middle, and low light, you go in, you close it off, and while it's not silent, you know, it's not truly private. Anybody who's really sta who's standing out there next to the greeting cards could, if they wanted to, probably lean in and listen. But it gives that feeling of separation, right. of slowing right. down, of quietude that is really necessary to focus on those kinds of things. And it's been my impression that, that the clientele that, that uh, frequents the store is very respectful of that space uh, yeah. when they can hear readings uh, oh, yeah. that are ongoing. Yeah. Um, actually, where my therapy training came in handiest with tarot was sitting there and talking to the people. One of the... All the books they make you read, all the papers they make you write, forget all that. The really important stuff you learn is how to listen to people yes. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so they know they're being listened yes. to and feel yes, safe to talk to you. Right. And how to add, use just the minimum number of words necessary to get people talking about what they need to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, and while I'm careful never to actually therapize someone who's <laughs> sitting across the reading table from me, because that's not what they're there for. Right. Right. Those listening skills come in, the ability to listen for what's really important and what they're saying to me. Someone may come in and spin a standard spin a standard yarn about, oh, I'm afraid my spouse is cheating on me and this and all this sort of thing. But there'll be something in the tones, in the way they mm -hmm. say it, that say that mm -hmm. what's the important part of it for them is this thing. Mm -hmm. And that gives me a little bit more to know what to look for when the cards come out. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. Sometimes that makes the difference between uh, the Six of Wands, dude, I have no idea what that's referring to. And the Six of Wands, oh yes, this fits what that the, the little stressed when they were talking about their dog. You right, know. right. Mm. Did you ever find, as being a male reader, it a little easier or a little harder when clients would just come off the street? Did they, I mean, because people do have the preconceived notion, thanks to live and let die, mm. this <laughs> women are the readers, <laughs> you know? It's true. Well, it was on the other day. I had to point it out. Before um, I answer your question there, yes. I want to, to plug a art deck that is really kind of useless for reading professionally, but it's kind of cute. Mm -hmm. The deck in Live and Let Die. The Tarot of the Witches. The Tarot of the Witches is actually deck. published. I love that deck. That is a real deck, yes. And I would explain to people, yes, this is the James Bond Tarot, the one from that movie. That, that was actually my very first deck. Mm -hmm. Back in 1972 when they that movie came were out. always oh, amused on. by that. Mm -hmm. um, but people did assume that the reader was female. Okay. Mm -hmm. And people did assume also that the reader didn't do anything at the store except read cards. Oh. <laughs> Is the reader in? 
is she available? You know, where is she? Sort of thing. And I was just like, I'm gonna say, you're talking to her. <laughs> and they and start for the those beard of you who can't think... see me through the podcast, I have a beard and and you know, definitely masculine looking. Um, and they just kind of do a double take and they get on with it. Okay. So there is the the assumption that the, the tarot reader is the little old woman who sits in back and basically just meditates on her cards until someone comes in and has a question. We should all have so much time. Yeah, we should all have so much. I wish I was getting paid to just sit there and wait for somebody to come in for a reading. Hey, when you figure out how to get paid for that, let me know. Yeah, yeah. there'll be a line at that counter. Um, but once, there were only very few times where someone didn't want me to read for them because I was male. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of times where it was, you know, I really need a woman's opinion on this. Mm -hmm. Or that sort of thing. But it was more because they were talking about women things. <laughs> Right. Well, it's, it's you like, know, you know, anything do, like that. Do you have a preference on, you know, the gender of your doctor or the gender of your massage exactly. therapist or whatever? And it was the same kind of assumption. It wasn't the mm -hmm. assumption that women are inherently more magical or mm -hmm. better mm -hmm. at tarot reading or whatnot. It's more comfort and familiarity. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was more comfort and familiarity right. thing. And honestly, once somebody came in to start uh, reading with me, they didn't really have any problem with whether or not right. I was a guy. Mm -hmm. That's because you're deeply attuned to your feminine side. That must be it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, says, you know, I'm just going to go with that one. We're just sure that works. <laughs> well, let me throw this out there. What's my uh, internal sensor jumping on and going, no, no, not on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I what's, appreciate uh, that. What's your favorite deck and what type of spreads as far as multi-cards? I mean, obviously you mentioned that mm -hmm. you spend a dollar a minute. Yeah. You know, some folks come in, they want the quickie reading uh, the as deck, opposed to the deep and depth. Mm -hmm. The deck I use for my own stuff when I'm doing it for me mm -hmm. is the Crowley Toth deck. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Just because it is so densely like the packed edgy, the edgy, with edgy depth. information, depth, different con different connotations and cross connections, and cutoff borders, mm -hmm. and cutoff yes. borders. <laughs> I love the way that uh, Lady Frida Harris did the colors, mm -hmm. the colors mm -hmm. and the geometric, just the, the the abstract geometry in the backgrounds are the best deck for communicating energy, motion direction of change and whatnot just from the abstract aspects of it that I've run across. Mm -hmm. When I was reading in Ancient Ways, I would use, I would prefer to use the Rider Waite. Mm -hmm. Everybody's seen it. Most recognizable. Most everybody recognizes it as, oh yeah, that's a tarot deck. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pamela Coleman-Smith, who painted that deck, her day job was as a set designer for the English stage. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So when Waite said, it must express this, she said, then I go, okay, if I was going to put that as a scene in a play, what would it look like? Right, mm -hmm. right. And she'd draw that, which makes it very much easier for people who have never picked up a tarot deck to look at that image and go, oh, well, okay, there are these you know, three guys, and two of them had a fight, and the third one's smiling, and the other two aren't, and... It's more like a stage presentation yeah, to you, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So it's easier to... I found it easier to use that deck to read for people who are not readers themselves, because I can point to a card and say, well, this is going on here, and they'll go, oh, yeah, now I see that. Mm -hmm. Plus, most people have seen live theater at least once in their lives, yeah. and can understand that concept of, you know, here is this presentation of something. Mm -hmm. Um, it's accessible, as the yeah. culture people like to say. Yeah. Right. But, um, so, the, I'm sure when you've done a lot of readings that there's no one most memorable reading, but I guess what was the first reading that you did that you went, okay, this is not 
your standard kind of clientele here? Hmm. The first one you said, wow, that was really different from what I was expecting. Or which, which client exploded on you? <laughs> None of the clients actually exploded, which is you know good because That's getting amazing. exploded client out of your hair just takes forever. Right? You know, it's sticky and it's, hmm. you know you have to sweep up. It's complicated. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, to be honest, most of the readings were pretty standard. Pretty. Mm -hmm. These are my everyday life problems. The mm -hmm. same kind of things everybody else worries about. Mm -hmm. Kind of stuff. Um, some of the times that were the most fun to read were when somebody would come in with their best girlfriend, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they both want to go into the room together. Mm, right. And I'd be reading the cards, and I'd start saying stuff and talking stuff, and her friend would be over there nodding her head and going, "Uh huh, uh, mm -hmm. I told you, I told you that." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that, that's are you reading for that. one? Or are you reading for two? Oh, no, I, I, mm. I'm reading for one, I'm entertaining the other. Because <laughs> yeah. the other ones that are going, this is, a, I told you, I told you, you didn't have to pay this guy to get a reading, I told you this. Yeah, I told you that. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, it's just, they didn't want to hear it from somebody they knew. Right. right. Mm -hmm. They wanted to hear it from somebody who had no investment in it whatsoever. Right. Mm -hmm. An yeah. objective point of view. Those are fun ones. Um, uh, let's see. The, the least fun ones were the people who came in who were deeply spiritual people. Oh dear. Who had gotten off on the spiritual bypass. <laughs> who never had problems with people who were mean to them. They always had a challenge in helping people transcend their anger. Oh lord. Okay. And if you've had a reading from me or if you've been listening to how I've been talking, I don't read that way. No. It's more a, oh yeah, this person is pissed because of that, that, and the other thing. <laughs> um, no, 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 it's, it's a learning experience for all of us. And having to, to translate into crystal speak. <laughs> for people who were not listening to me anyway, mm -hmm. right. that was the hard, those are the hardest kind of readings. Mm -hmm. I mean, the ones where people were reading about something, who wanted to reading about something that was, you know, a death in the family or something they were really afraid of or really hurt by. That was actually easy to do. That actually felt good to do because I was helping this person deal with their trauma, with right. their sorrows, with their loss. Mm -hmm. Again, back to giving them a back to giving them a space, an to, area to be listened right. to, to be heard. Exactly, and it's also something real. Right. Those were not the hard ones. The ones where somebody was worrying about their life hanging in a thread. Those, the cards actually just jumped up and said, "Okay, here's the answer. Give it to them," and that was easy enough. It was the people who really didn't want to hear. It was the people who insisted that, okay, if I do everything exactly the same way except for this, then what do the cards say? I know I shouldn't be doing this, but if I do it even harder, will I be successful? <laughs> if you know you shouldn't be doing that, why are you here? Those were the entertaining oh, ones. Yes. How yeah. exciting. No, th th those are always the challenging clients because it's like, well, I know I shouldn't be doing this and, and it's wrong, but, but it's okay that I'm doing it, right? Mm, no. Okay. Mm, can't uh. say hell no. <laughs> not just no, but absolutely uh, not. No. Um, no. Um, well, that's where you're at. Do you want the truth, or do you want, you know, do you want me to make uh, you feel good? Yeah. Uh -huh. One of the things that made me feel better about people in general was nine times out of ten when I look at somebody and said, you know, it's not good. You want the truth? You want me to lie to you? They say, no, no, give me the truth. And they would come back later and say, I come back to you. Mm -hmm. Because you don't soft pedal it, because right. you do tell me what's going on, mm -hmm. and that there were more people than I would have expected out there who actually did want to know what was really going on, mm -hmm. who actually were welcoming hard truth. Mm -hmm. 
Oh. That was m much better. I would not have been able to do it so long if it weren't for clients like that. Yeah. Well, because I think for a lot of people, when they get to the point where it's like, okay, I have to get a reading about this, they're ready mm -hmm. to acknowledge the truth, but they need to hear it from somebody else because reaching their own conclusion isn't necessarily valid in their own minds. Because yeah. I've seen this in, in readings I've done for other people. Mm -hmm is just they already know the answer. They already know what's going to come up when they sit down, but they need to hear it from an external source to validate their own thinking or just to complete their thought process about it. Well, doing readings professionally is like doing tech support. <laughs> oh, no. Nobody calls tech support unless either they're professional enough to know something is wrong and are going to treat it professionally. That's one in ten. Mm -hmm. Or the other nine in ten are the ones who have broken it so bad they don't know what to do. <laughs> and then they're coming in looking for it to get fixed. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly the same sort of thing for that. That's a great analogy. Uh, another point I want to ask is if in your readings around the Tarot, can you think of an author or a particular resource that actually grew an epiphany into your understanding about what the Tarot was and how it worked mm. for you? If, if you were a listener here, what, what one resource could you point them to that... Or at least to start with. Right, to start with. Okay. Your first book should not be the Book of Toth, nor should it be <laughs> anything written by Excellent E. Waite. Um, <laughs> yeah, those are useful resources, at least the Book of Toth is, but they, understand, they assume a level of education right. and a particular set of references that just isn't taught anymore. Okay. So you'll need a good dictionary of mythology sitting next to you when you're reading through it. Um, I would suggest Lon Duquette. Mm -hmm. I would suggest... His book on the Thoth? Uh, his book on the Thoth Tarot is excellent. Um, though it wouldn't be the first place I would send someone. Uh, I might send someone to uh, Gerd Ziegler Tarot, Mirror of the Soul, mm -hmm. for that. Uh, what I was actually suggesting Duquette for was more his Kabbalistic works, mm -hmm. because he touches a great deal, especially like Chicken Kabbalah. Which on is a fabulous book. Fabulous book. That is my favorite first book on Kabbalah for anybody. <laughs> but he does talk a bit on the intersection of Kabbalistic symbolisms and structures with Tarot, which will help unlock that aspect of okay. it. Uh, other authors, um, let's say Mary Greer, writes good stuff. She does a thing or two. Yeah, she does a thing <laughs> too. Um, probably for more intermediary stuff, uh, Rachel Pollock does wonderful books. Mm -hmm. And if you're a comic book nut, go back and try and collect her work on the Doom Patrol. If you want alchemical symbolism... Trans the Doom Patrol? The Doom Patrol. It was a DC comic book yes. published under their Vertigo title. Uh, she was writing it back in the mid to late 90s for a year or two, and if you wanted a superhero book that was heavy on alchemical symbolism and uh, the magic of gender and all that, go for Rachel Pollock's Run of the Doom Patrol. Fascinating. I did not know that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, then work up to Crowley. I mean, skip weight entirely. <laughs> I mean, if you want an interest in the historical development of the ideas of the Trogo and read Wade, Otherwise, he doesn't say anything in any of, his, any of his books that isn't said much more concisely in the little paper pamphlet that comes with your deck. Right, said before the, or after him. Yeah. The other thing about reading weight is if you're going to track down a dictionary that was published about the time that he was writing, yes. because he uses a lot of words that aren't in common circulation, it yes. may not be in a modern dictionary, and even if it is, things had different connotations then. Yes. And it, makes a great deal of difference in what comes through. 
Wade talked like a stuffy, overeducated Victorian gentleman because he was. <laughs> because he was a product of his time. Yes. The thing with Crowley is that he assumed that anyone who was going to study magic or tarot from him had the time and leisure to get the same kind of education he did. Which most people don't because he was an heir to a rich man's fortune who could afford to do nothing but study mythology and symbology and whatnot when he had nothing else to do. For hours at a time. And he doesn't uh, translate his quotes, he doesn't uh, explain his mythological allusions. So you want a couple of other good reference books or the the internet sitting there next to you (laughs) when you're going through his stuff. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Great. So uh, any other... Recommendations or thoughts? Not off the top of my head. If I was standing before a book of tarot, a shelf of tarot books, mm-hmm. I could point to three of them, mm-hmm. but uh, nothing that I remember off the top of my head at the moment. Well, that's okay. You'll just have to think about them and tell us next time. <laughs> All right. And, uh, unfortunately, we're out of time for this week, but it's been fabulous. Really goes quick. It does. I wanted to hear what he was going to be doing at PantheaCon coming up. Um, I am going. I am helping put together and run one of the Discordian rituals that's going on. Okay. Oh. We are doing the installation of a Discordian Pope. Oh, that's wonderful. fabulous! How wonderful! Is that on the schedule? Already? It should be on the schedule. Okay. Um, I'm running it under the auspices of Discordian.com, which is the website. Ooh. Um, we've been doing rituals for. We've been doing Discordian rituals there for for past four years, and I've been helping with the past three. We try to take the the almost a ceremonialist Discordian approach. <laughs> well, that's and an interesting There's nothing idea. wrong with structure as long as you're creative with it. <laughs> okay. That, makes, that, that okay. works. That, that works. Yeah. Great. Well, how exciting. So, um, well, thank you so much for joining us, Lon. Well, thanks for having me. really appreciate yeah, your time. This coming. is excellent. Thank you very much. I'll have you back in a few months and you can let us know how things are going and tell us some more interesting stories and bring some more book recommendations. Also, let us know how the Discordian ritual went. We'll come to Pantheacon and see. I'll be there. By the way, I'm going to be presenting at Pantheacon for the first time this year, so I'm very excited about that. Yay. Uh, Yay. Excellent. Yes, I'm very excited they accepted my proposal. So so I just have to figure out how to take my three-hour class and cut it down to an hour. Talk very quickly. Um, I actually sat down one night last week trying to edit it down, and it ended up being longer. That's no problem. Take no questions. um, Yeah, well, uh, I think I need to work on it a little more. But anyway, thank you, Rose. Thank you, Artemis. You're welcome. Thank you, Lon. And thank you to everybody who's listening. And give us your feedback, radio at tarot2go.net. Love to hear feedback, suggestions, ideas, comments for future podcasts. Until then, have a good time. Read. Be happy. Peace. Good night. (laughs) See ya. Bye.